and we've seen, haven't we, how, how good Jesus was at bringing people into his kingdom, how much he wanted everyone to be part of that kingdom, to come into it. Um, and then last week, or, um, probably two weeks ago now, we started looking at what does it look like to live in this kingdom? What does it like to be part of it? Um, as we thought through the, the kind of Beatitudes and the blessings and woes in Luke. And tonight is the, the next section of that. Jesus continues talking about what it looks like to live in God's kingdom. I think tonight's passage is a really tough passage. I found it quite hard as I've been preparing. There's some really difficult reading in it. Um, but I think as well it, it is really helpful to, for us to hear and should be quite challenging for us. So let me pray and we'll get started. Father, we thank you um, for your words. We thank you that what we read in it um, often warms our hearts, makes us glad. But we thank you too that sometimes it chills us as we read it, as you show us um, the ways in which we're not living your way. And we pray that tonight you'd help us as we think about a tricky passage, help us to listen carefully to what you're teaching us, and help us to want to be changed as we listen. Amen. When I was three years old, I was playing in a park in Cambridge, and there was a roundabout, one of those things that goes around, you get on it, you spin round, they're really good fun. And I was on this, I was getting faster and faster, because I think there were some bigger children who were pushing this roundabout. I was going quicker and quicker. I don't have any memory of this, but my grandmother tells me the story quite a lot. And I was getting scared, apparently, about this roundabout going faster and faster. So I decided that I needed to get off. So I went, stop, stop, I need to get off, I need to go and prepare a sermon. <laughs> and I'm sure these children kind of looked at me and thought, who is this weirdo? But for context, my dad at the time had just started a job as a pastor at a local church. And apparently that was the kind of excuse that my dad used to use. <laughs> I don't want to do something. Oh, just needs to go and prepare a sermon. He still does it. Sunday evening, Saturday evening, washing up. Just go and do the, just go and do the, go and do the sermon. <laughs> And that's what we do, isn't it? We love to imitate our parents. That's what I was doing there. I was subconsciously imitating my dad, things that I'd heard him say. And that's the big point of this evening. Be like your dad. But not your earthly dad. Not the dad that you see around every so often, but your heavenly dad. Because living in the kingdom of God, living as part of the best year ever, that's about being like your father. So let's have a look at this week's passage. It's Luke uh, 6, 27. And it's on page 1034. Turn that up. Luke 6, starting verse 27. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, 
and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. The key verse for tonight is that last one, verse 36. Bear that one in mind the whole way through. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. That's the essential dynamic for all of this. It's not setting out a law here. It's not Jesus kind of making an ethical rule book. He's talking here about imitation. He's saying, be like your father. And really, that's good news, isn't it? Because we all imitate our family. It comes naturally to us. We want to be like those that we love, those that we look up to, the people that we respect in our lives. Sometimes I wish it wasn't as easy as it apparently is to imitate my dad, or to imitate Phil's clothing choices. But it just happens. Things work out like that. That's the family dynamic. We can't help uh, but love them and like them and want to be like them. And so for us, as God's children, that's how it should feel. That's how it should be when it comes to something like this in this passage, like loving our enemies. It's not something that we kind of think about or kind of have to really work through. It's just something that we do. It's just something that we are. It's something that we be. But there's bad news, isn't there? And that's that we often don't feel like that. None of us, I think, read that passage and went, yep, I find that easy. That's so straightforward. I, I love to live that way. Often living like our father feels hard. It isn't easy to imitate him. It feels unnatural. And that's because it is unnatural. Sorry, because it is natural for our, our old selves, our sinful selves. Back then, in our old self, we live for ourselves, don't we? We don't put others first. We find it hard to love. We find it hard to love even those closest to us, let alone our enemies. Mercy, I described in verse 36, be merciful. Mercy doesn't come easily to us. So how do we do it? How are we going to do this? And what does what is actually imitating our Father look like in practice? Well, Jesus lays it out for us, verses, 26, uh, verses 27 through 31 and beyond. And he gets very practical. And I don't know how you feel when I read those verses out, when I read that out before, but it's a tough list, isn't it? It's, it's hard things to do. As I was reading it again and again as I was preparing, every time my heart would sink as I compared how I am to what's described here, it is really difficult. It is really hard. Jesus' big point is love your enemies. That's how we imitate the Father. We love our enemies. If someone hates you, if they hurt you, then you have to love them in return. And I think that's probably one of the most counterintuitive and, and also kind of countercultural messages that we're ever going to read. Because it, it, I think it really doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't make sense of our life experiences the way that we want to be. If someone's doing bad stuff to me, I either want to fight them, or I want to run away, or I want to ignore it. What I don't want to do is do good stuff back to them. That's, that's just weird. It feels unnatural. And Jesus phrases it in all these different ways. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Turn the other cheek to the person that slaps you. Gives the person that steals from you. But each and every one, each of those different people, the different things they're doing, they're making, their, <clears throat> they're making themselves your enemy. They're hurting you or they're causing you distress in some way. And each of us here, I'm sure, has got an example of how people have done that to us in, in different ways. It might be because you're a Christian. It might be that someone has cursed you or insulted you or made fun of you for that. 
maybe you've been attacked or abused in some way or, or sworn or shouted at or had stuff stolen from you. And we all know that feeling, don't we, when we're treated like that. You feel, you feel exposed, you feel vulnerable. And often, more than anything else, you want to you get back at that person. You want to hurt them in the way that they've hurt you. You want revenge or you want justice. You want to get even. But what I think we don't want, what we never want really, is to be given an opportunity to show love to them, to show kindness to them. And if we got that opportunity, well, we'd probably come up with an excuse for not taking it, wouldn't we? And that's because our natural selves, our sinful selves, they can't behave like this. They can't respond in that way. And why would you? In, in that natural world, if someone crosses you, then you need to make sure that they can't do that to you again. And being good to them, that just looks weak, doesn't it? But Jesus says, you are not that natural sinful self anymore. You are a new self. You are a child of God. And your new self, that self, seeks to imitate the Father, not to follow the world. Now I want to make one point clear, quickly. I don't think what this passage <coughs> is saying is that evil people should get to do whatever they want and there's no consequences for them. And they only get good stuff in return. I don't think it's saying that. I think it's a message to Christians about how they should personally respond to difficult situations that they face. But the, the law still applies. Um, people still deserve punishment for evil. I don't think Jesus is saying that isn't the case. But it's just not for us to decide that as the person being on the receiving end of it. Um, a lot of you would have been here, I think last year, maybe the year before that, when we did One Peter. And I think One Peter was really helpful as we thought this through. Um, in 1 Peter 2, Peter talks about, um, Peter writes that Christians need to submit to human authorities. They need to submit to the emperor, to the governor, um, to all of the people that are given authority by God to enforce the law uh, and to, to punish criminals and people that do wrong. So we obey the law and we trust our human rulers to carry out justice on behalf of God. And Peter says it's not our job take that into our own hands. It's not our job to be the judge and to repay evil. We're told to leave it to the authorities, to leave it ultimately to God who gives them their authority. And then in 1 Peter, um, he writes to slaves. So he writes to people in a really, really awful position, people that really um, don't, don't have much in the world. And he says this in 1 Peter 2, slaves, in reverent fear of God, Submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. So Peter, Peter says to these slaves, endure harshness. Endure even what is clearly wrong, because to endure that is commendable to God. And Jesus picks up that theme again here too. It's because it's hard. It's because it's unnatural. That's why this is so important. And that's why this is so effective. So look at verses 32 through 34. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? It's easy, isn't it, to love someone that loves you. If someone's kind or pleasant and nice to you all the time, well, what is that? I find it very easy to be nice to Sam because he's a really nice guy. But nobody's going to say to me, oh, Robin, you're just so loving to Sam. Like, that's really impressive. I don't know how you can do that. It's quite, it's quite easy to love Sam. Um, yeah, because he's great. He's lovable. 
But it's not radical. It's not different. Living that way is not going to surprise the world or amaze people. Um, but living, living the other way, loving people that don't deserve to be loved, bearing up with people or even giving back, um, uh, paying back evil with good in return, that will amaze people. And it sounds, it sounds hard, doesn't it? It does sound difficult. But just imagine for a second, just imagine how good it would be if we were really like this as a church. And if you live this out, but not just you, but if everyone at Globe Church actually lived out this way, a whole community of believers who did imitate their father, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. If we could always forgive and love those inside and outside the church who hurt us, if we cared more about other people and about asserting our own rights. If we didn't retaliate in kind when people cited us, but we prayed for that person and we loved them, I don't think the world would really know what to make of a group of people that are like that. But I don't think it would drive people away from the church, would it? And as well as outwardly, imagine inside the church. Wouldn't it be a great force for good if we were like this? And it sounds strange, but we can have enemies within the church, can't we? In our own kind of different ways. People that have hurt you or taken advantage of you or done something against you. And, it, and in church, we can, get, we can kind of get by with that, can't we? Because you only see those people maybe once or twice a week and you can get away with just being civil to them. Maybe just ignoring them, not really saying anything to them. But what if we weren't just civil? What if we, were, what if we weren't out of our way to show love to those people? To show love to people that hurt us? people that feel like our enemies because we respond to people that have paid us hurt with hers well that only brings more harm doesn't it more pain but responding with love well Jesus says that brings rewards then your reward will be great and you'll be children of the most high I think it's interesting to see what this passage doesn't say this passage and, I, and I, in a way I want it to say this I want it to say forgive your enemies because that would be a lot easier but it doesn't it says love your enemies obviously we obviously we should forgive our enemies but it pushes it a lot further than that don't just forgive don't just say oh it's okay but love actively in return give pray for people um, yeah jesus is, is encouraging us here i think to be a lot more radical than, than we want to be maybe even that we imagine that we need to be as christians where, where do we start with this? Where can we get going with loving someone that has hurt us? I think a pretty good place to start is just prayer. Praying for ourselves, praying for our own hearts to be softened. And then praying for that other person. Asking God for a chance to show love to that person. Maybe this week. For a way that you can bless them. So let's take a moment now to do that. I want you to think of someone that's, that's hurt you. Or that maybe that you just find it hard to love. And let's pray for them. And let's pray for our own hearts as well. That our response to them would be more like our fathers. Just take take two minutes or maybe one minute to think about that.
any character you've that's something you're particularly struggling with or there's something particularly on your mind with regards to that um, chat to someone about it go and chat to your focus leader chat to me or to Phil don't just let it don't just let it bubble in your heart try and try and imitate the father with loving that person and after that I think I, I still have one big question I, I think I do still ask myself can, can I really do that can I really behave in this way I think I can get to the point where I can imagine it being amazing. I can imagine how our church would look, how great it would be. But I think, well, what about outside folk? What about those um, outside the church who actively hate us or want to hurt us? I think point two this evening really helps us here. Point two is be like your brother. Think back to the start of Luke um, a few weeks ago and the way that Jesus was introduced in Luke's gospel. At his baptism, God declares over Jesus, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. So if Jesus is God's son and God is well pleased with him, well, we'd expect him to be living out this, wouldn't we? We'd want to see him imitating his dad. We'd expect to see him loving his enemies, praying for those who hurt him, blessing those who stole from him. And at the end of Luke's gospel, that's exactly what we see, and it's and it's astonishing. Let me read to you. I'm going to read one bit from Luke 6, and then one bit from later on in Luke's Gospel. <coughs> if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them also. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done. He lived this way to show that it is possible, to show us what it looks like. When people hated him, he loved them. When they cursed and despised and rejected him, he blessed them in return. When they took from him, he gave more. He lived out loving his enemies perfectly at all times, in perfect imitation obedience of the Father. It sounds hard, it is hard. Jesus was mistreated. He had an unfair trial. There was a rigged vote that condemned him to death. He was brutally executed. And he went through all of that out of love. Out of love for the very people that were inflicting pain upon him. Jesus' death brings those very people, the enemies that he's seeking to love, into his family. And that's us, isn't it? We are those enemies. With our natural lives, with the way that we naturally are, we slap Jesus in the face. We curse him. Yet he turns the other cheek. He blesses us. He goes to the cross to bring us into his family. Jesus, the truly obedient son, the perfect imitator of the father, brings us to the father. Now, you're probably going to walk away from here tonight doubting whether you can actually really live like this. I've spent a whole week doubting whether I can really live like this. Whether you can really be truly loving to those who've really hurt you. 
will recognise those doubts, recognise that they're there, but don't give in to them. Use those doubts to drive you to Jesus, to ask him for help, to look to him as an example to follow. Because living life in the best you ever looks like being a dad, and it looks like being your brother. Being like your father. He is the truly merciful, truly loving God of the whole universe. Being like your brother. Jesus shows us the way to love our enemies, how to imitate the Father. And look forward to, if we do live this way, God will reward us for it. And imagine to you, imagine how good it would be if our community here, if that were to reflect even something of the love here that's displayed by Jesus for his enemies. Let me pray. Lord, sometimes your word says <clears throat> things that we find difficult, maybe things that we think uh, would just be impossible for us to, to live like that, to believe that we can do that. And none of us here, I'm sure, is, is desperate to go out of our way to love those that, that otherwise we want to hate. But we thank you that you have the power to change our hearts. And we pray that you would do so. We pray that you would remake us, be reshaping us tonight into the image of Christ the one who really can live this way. Pray that we would seek to be like him and to imitate him and to imitate you as our father. Amen.